It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm in Cincinnati today. Joe's in Buffalo. <laughs> As I always am. As I'm always not. I was at Paul Brown Stadium yesterday, did a tour of the stadium, talked to some players, talked to, talked to Zach Taylor, sat in on the press conference, watched practice from the field. It is much harder to figure out what's going on when you are on the sideline. I'll tell you that. I can imagine. I find it harder to be at games and figure out what's going on. Is it because you're so, you know, you watch a thousand games from broadcast and then you go watch a practice or a game live. It's just not the same angle, not the same speed, not the same presentation, right? That's exactly right. When you're on the sideline, you're not even elevated at all. Right. If you're behind the line and you're trying to see what's happening on the other side of the field, well, there's a bunch of six foot four plus men that are very, very large on the offensive line that are between you and what you want to see. Yeah, so that I could see that then. And, you know, sometimes we can be critical of uh, the information we get from camp, but maybe it's it's different from each vantage point. I, I actually found myself pretty impressed with the beat writers that were down there. Like, I didn't feel like I had time to look down at my phone and send off a tweet. Maybe it's because I was busy talking to people around me, really trying to take in what I was looking at. But Do you have tunnel vision? I, I, I definitely had tunnel vision a little bit. Uh, yeah. especially when watching 11 on 11, like if I wasn't watching the ball, if I took my eyes off the ball to try to watch another matchup, I had no idea what happened on the play. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. That takes, uh, that takes time. Probably your awareness increases as you do it more often. That's why these beat reporters that are experienced can get these tweets off with one eye down, one eye up. Or, or you just miss a play, right? Like sure. I could have tweeted something out after the Josh Malone touchdown or the Seathan Carter touchdown or the uh, Stanley Morgan touchdown because there's a little bit of a lull after those big plays and touchdowns because they're subbing guys in and out. Yep. Um, so just, I mean, obviously we could talk about the practice and, and what you saw there, but I want to know, I'm more interested in like the start of the day to the end of the day. What did they have you do? And I guess we should even talk about the Bengals reached out to us and – offered this opportunity right i mean so big credit to them shout out to them for that because it's definitely not what they've or how they've operated in the past and this was driven by their communications director emily parker so emily if you happen to be listening today thanks so much for inviting us out it was very much appreciated and one of the cool things is is she seems committed to working with this community in the future it sounds like we made a good impression things went well she's open to and Joe, this is going to be news for you, I think. Or maybe I told okay. you. We 
are open to potentially getting some interviews with players going forward for the podcast. So that's something that we'll try to work with her on. You did not tell me. So that's great. That's exciting for us. I asked her about coaches too. It sounds like they don't make coaches available very often, even to bigger than us media. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we will be low on the totem pole. We will not get Andy Dalton and AJ Green on a weekly basis. Hey, but you got Andy Dalton on Thursday. Yeah, we'll get there. Let's not. Well, I guess All people right. people That's already exciting. know. People that follow me on Twitter already know. Yeah, it was really exciting. So Emily uh, met us outside Paul Brown Stadium at 11 in the morning. We went in the player entrance, which was kind of cool. Walked past security, got checked in. I got my media Paul Brown Stadium badge. Jake Lesko locked on Bengals. That's my souvenir for the trip. And we did a tour of the stadium quickly. We, we walked past the media room. I waved to Paul Daner before he knew who I was, and he waved back at me looking real confused. I'm sure he was. That's funny. And uh, then we walked through the locker room, did a quick tour of the downstairs of the stadium. So we saw the locker room uh, where we saw they were getting ready to go to Kansas City. They had the bags out, getting ready to get equipment loaded on to mm. a truck or bus because they drove it down there before the players flew out today. Today being Friday when we're recording, and saw the new gym, the new weight room, the the newly installed turf field, the new coaches' offices above, overlooking all that facility. Uh, we th- there are photos of all that stuff on the internet, but it was pretty cool to see it in person. It looked also, good. It looked good. It did look good. Yeah, the pictures uh, make it look good. Yeah, for sure. They've done a really nice job with it. Saw the cafeteria and everything. Um, we saw some depth charts posted that I wasn't able to actually retain any information from, much to my chagrin. Uh, well, is, that, is that something where Emily's like, uh, Emily Parker says, don't remember this or you can't use any of this? No, it was, it was we were only in there for about 10 seconds. Uh, like it no was, photographic it was, memory then, huh? No, and I, I, I couldn't even actually read it, right? Like, I'm looking around, I'm seeing Andy Dalton's locker, and, and there's a fan, big part of me that's still a fan, right? And I'm just looking at all this stuff like, oh, cool, I'm in the Bengals' locker room. There's AJ Green's locker, there's Tyler Boyd's locker. Right. Right? Um, yeah, but there were depth charts posted, including punt team depth charts, punt, punt ah. coverage team depth charts, which would have been really interesting to see. It sounds like there's a lot of work to be done there. If you listen to Zach Taylor's press conference uh, that we were sitting in on on Friday, he said that they're going to be doing a lot of rotation. But that was a later part of the day. We went up and saw the press box. That was pretty cool. Um, Saw their scoreboard operator room. Saw the replay booth room up there. And down the hall from that is where all the coaches sit when they're up, up uh, up in the coaches box. And then from there, we they they finished our morning walkthrough. And we had an opportunity to interview some players. And Emily comes out and she asks us, you know, who do you want to talk to? Offense, defense, any preferences? And I say, Andy Dalton. Right away. Right away. Starting with the quarterback of the team. And and lo and behold, Andy Dalton came out and talked to us for probably about seven minutes or so. Got to ask him some questions that I've been wondering was he as, about. Was he as cool and nice and easygoing as he appears? He was very kind. Um he was he was courteous. He was generous with his time. Later on in the day, I'm sure you all saw Jeremy Rowell's report about how there was a kid that came in who was in a wheelchair with his dad, and all yep. the players went out. We saw all these players going out to sign for this kid and take a picture with him, and Dalton gave him a tour of the stadium personally himself. So Andy Dalton was very giving with his time yesterday. Real 
peach of a human being, real solid, good human. Um, but I would say he was maybe a little skeptical of us because mm. he comes out and says something to the effect of, I know who you are or something like that. I was like, oh, you, you've heard of us? He's like, well, I know you're on the internet. And so I think Andy Dalton has oh. an opinion of those of us on the internet. But I, I mean, once we started asking questions, it was a pretty good conversation. And I, I even got a laugh out of him toward the end. I got a little bit of a chuckle out of him. And we'll play that audio clip for you sometime. Maybe in this episode, maybe maybe next week. I've, we've got audio from interviews with Andy Dalton, Josh Malone, Billy Price, uh, uh, Travion Williams, and, and Jermaine Pratt. Did someone ask for Billy Price? No. Or did I'm, that just come out? I'm glad Bill, no. I'm, I'm glad he came out. No, no, he wasn't specifically asked for. Oh, okay. Because, like, that'd be my worst fear. I'd say no Andy Dalton and Billy Price, please. I don't want anybody I've ever been highly critical of. <laughs> well, I think that there's a little bit more awareness of Joe Goodberry in the bowels of Paul Brown no, Stadium than there is of, of Jake Lisko, John Sheeran, and Nick Manchester. No, not John Sheeran. John Sheeran's up there, man. So that was the first half of the day, and then Emily sent us off for lunch. We came back to practice in the afternoon, watched it from the field level. I'll give you my observations on what I saw in the practice that you've probably read about elsewhere because we're late getting this to publication. After a quick break, we'll be right back. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked on Commanders podcast. 
And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house. Or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Welcome back, Bengals fans, to the Lockdown Bengals podcast with Jake and Joe. And we are, it's kind of like we're we're living vicariously through you, Jake, and your experience on Thursday. I wish I was there. It all sounds like a blast. And honestly, um, you know, it, I'm so glad they, they did this. But uh, I just want to hear more. I just want to know, you know, what else happened. You know, after you talk to the players, talk to, it sounds like some really good players. And we'll have the clips of that. But uh, where'd they take you from there? What was it like from there? Well, we came back after lunch and... It was time to watch the practice. We went down to the field and we watched the practice from the field level. Now that was kind of the end of the day, but uh, it was a lot of fun to be down on the field. Uh, met Logie. He was in the stands. Oh yeah. It was nice to see him. He, he got some pictures of us out there on Twitter and Emily actually took his email address. So he might be joining us if we ever do this in the future. But down on the field, we were watching practice. They did a lot of special teams work. They was did the, a little bit was of the press conference before or after practice. Oh yeah, so the press conference was right before lunch. We did the press conference, okay. went to lunch. Actually, we did the press conference. Got to do a little sidebar interview with Zach Taylor for another seven, eight minutes or so, and uh, let him get back to his day. Very busy day. Head coach right. preparing for his first preseason game. And uh, then we went to lunch, came back, saw the practice on the field. Hmm. So that's cool, though. You got the head coach and the quarterback and starting center and some, you know, some other decent players. But that's a that's really good access, to be honest. That was honestly the, the, the most fun player to talk to might have been Travion Williams. Oh, really? He uh, he's a really interesting guy. He's a smart guy. I think he was happy to talk with us. He was probably the happiest to talk with us out of all the guys we talked to. Um, hmm. And we like the same color Gatorade, red. <laughs> That's the worst. They, they added berry to it now, Joe. It's oh, fruit punch so it's and berry. Right. Yeah. So how much Skyline have you eaten? I've had Skyline twice. Mm. I feel am... good about yourself. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm realizing that I might like the stuff I make at home a little bit more. That's because you've gotten used to it. That's just like exactly. no one makes it better than my mom. But really, a lot of people make it better than your mother. And I'm not talking about Skyline. I just mean anything. Yeah. Uh, it's not It's not that I think that mine's better than Skyline. I'm just saying I like it better just because I'm used to it, right? I can tweak it the way that I want to tweak it. And I cook it down a little bit more. There's less liquid in mine than there ends up being in Skyline. So it ends up being a little more... Uh, it ends up being a little more flavorful, to be honest, just because it gets all condensed. All the flavor condenses down when you boil it down a little bit longer. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. 
So, so you watched the press you, conference. You saw you saw John, and you didn't see I, me. I didn't. I there's a flash of somebody. As soon as you start the press conference, this is on Twitter too. Uh, somebody must be walking in front of John, but they're so close to the camera that I can't tell the color or, or what they look like. Um, and then John's right there, blinking the entire way through the through his walk. <laughs> that was me right in front of John. Oh, okay. Must have been you then. Yeah. I sat right by Dave Lapham. I was sitting there like everyone's all spread out in the press conference room. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll, I'll sit, you know, a seat away from Dave Lapham. They told us, Jay told me, take a seat out of the first two rows because that's where the regulars have their seats. And I was like, all right, I'll go to the third row here. Oh, Dave Lapham's at the end. Okay, I'll give him some space. And then I'm like, oh, I got these two guys following me. So I sat directly beside Dave Lapham. That's so, cool. He asked a lot of questions. He usually does. Yeah. He asked some good questions. So did they tell you not to ask questions during that segment? Just save it because you guys were going to get your own alone time with Zach Taylor? Yeah, they did. They asked us not to ask questions during the press conference because uh, we were going to get time with him afterwards, which was very generous of him. He didn't have to do that either. They were all, I'd say all five players and Zach Taylor were all very generous with their time with us today or yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, also Emily felt like, you know, we probably weren't going to be asking necessarily focused questions we might be asking more big picture stuff more you know not specific to preseason game one press conference kind of stuff so yeah it was just the credential folks asking questions exactly the day-to-day beat stuff they're interested in this chapter that they're on you guys are there you know with the previous 10 chapters up for debate or question right right and and when we were talking to zach taylor a lot of his questions invoked, we've been working on this sort of thing for six months. There were, he mentioned six months twice, I think, when we were asking him, like, how's XYZ thing going? And he's like, we've gotten 5,000 reps of this over the last six months, or Andy's really worked on this over the last six months, or we've worked really hard on this over the last six months. So it was a common refrain for him, uh, mm-hmm. maybe just drilling into our heads. Yeah, like, I, I've been doing this for a while now, I guess. And right. he was still, he's a funny guy. Uh, my favorite, my favorite clip, I asked Zach Taylor toward the end of the interview. I asked him, so you're installing a new offense, and in the preseason, you want to keep it pretty vanilla. One of your advantages right now, obviously, is people don't know exactly what you're going to do yet. But you also need to get some reps on these plays with these players. Does that make things any different for you? And, and I'll just play the clip. This is what he said. Make sure this is on the record. We're going to show everything we got in the first game. So with that sort of sense of humor, I really appreciated Zach Taylor ending the, ending the interview on that note. I also asked on your behalf the question about the depth charts. Yeah. And it sounds like it's not something that he cares about or coaches care about or think about at all. He said, maybe Emily will, will make that change sometime down the road, but it's not something uh, we really, really, we, we worry about at all. See, I would think, you know, and I, and when I was thinking of this, I was like, oh, then your scouting department would fill that in or watching film would fill it in. But if like I was, uh, if I was Zach Taylor and I'm, and the, the question was more of, will they ever show us a nickel defense depth chart? Right. Because that's what you're in most of the time. And I would think if I'm Zach Taylor and I'm an 11 personnel type offense or a coach, I want to know what that other team's nickel defense looks like. Right. What am I going up against? But that at the same time, you're going to see that within a week or two anyways. And you have a pretty good idea. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, he says you, it's it's more of you knowing what the other team is going to do, how they're going to react. You're going to have different 12 personnel packages. Are they going to consider Tyler Wright for the wide receiver? Actually, you know what? I'll just play that clip too. 
Yeah, it's it's all about how they look at your tight ends that you're putting on the right. field. So it might, it's not just only you can make a blanket statement that it's 12 personnel. It's do they call it 12F, 12 fast, or are they call in Tyler Eifert a receiver, or are they call in Trey exactly. Burton a receiver. You know, so uh, you just have to look at how that team may view you and uh, what tight end grouping you put on yeah. the field. And and you got to have a plan for are they going to play base or are they going to play nickel. So there, there are a few more sound clips from the Zach Taylor interview that we can play, but those are a couple that have come up just in our conversation so far that I found pretty interesting. So all that sounds fun. Um, and then you got to see practice, obviously, after that. So, uh, you know, was there anything that stood out to you, any player that stood out to you in terms of always bigger than expected, faster than expected, or they're using this guy much more? There's a lot more motion in this offense. Anything that, like, stood out and, and, and like that, that right away you were like, oh, this is different. You know, there were a couple things that I noticed, but let's take another quick break and we'll come back and talk about the practice. Great. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move, or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed so switch to TurboTax today make your moves they'll make them count see guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees experts only available with TurboTax live if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast join the draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL draft if you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster you need to check out locked on NFL scouting available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and we're back for segment three of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We've uh, we're talking with Jake Lisko, our guest here on on the podcast, as he just had a good time in Cincinnati. I actually don't know how to bring that. It does feel like you're the guest, right? And you're just talking. I'm just listening. I'm watching the video. It's just like, yeah, yeah. You throw it to me. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to talk because uh, I'm just interested in your stories here. But we're at the point now. You go to practice. So what did you notice from practice? A lot of the things that were reported are also the things that I noticed. So they're doing a good job, at least in this practice. This is a short practice. The first 11-on-11 drill, they're going in full drives down the field, and the first-team offense gets all the way down to the one pretty easily. The first play goes for negative yards, and this is without Geo and without Joe Mixon. Neither of them are practicing because neither of them are going to play. It's without Tyler Eifert. He's not going to play. He's not practicing either. So Travion Williams is the back for this? Yep, and he had one really nice run with the first teamers. And an interesting note as well is all the receivers still rotating in with the first team. Once they got down to the red zone, it was Core and Tate, or sorry, Core and Malone. But until they were in the red zone, it was all of them. Tyler Boyd, I didn't notice actually a single time in practice, except for one target he had in the corner of an end zone. 
uh, during, uh, I don't know if it was sevens or, or I didn't actually see what it was, but Dre broke it up and was very, very pleased with himself. It was fun to see Dre and William Jackson celebrating after that one. It's good to hear it for uh, Kirkpatrick. I actually wrote I wrote notes on all 91 players on the roster, well, even though it's 90 now after they put Niles Scott on the reserve list on Thursday. But uh, really, we haven't heard anything from Kirkpatrick. After the him rolling and falling in A.J. Green's ankle, it's been radio silence on, on, on him and on, on how he's playing. If anything, we've heard William Jackson's gotten beaten by Josh Malone or whatever here or there. It's with Kirkpatrick. It's been nothing. And I think the corners have been on a bit more of islands in Anarumo's defense than maybe they were before. It was, as has been noted, a lot of single high safety on defense. And the long touchdown for Josh Malone that came toward the end after they did their full field drives, they started at about the 40 or so. Josh Malone scores this deep touchdown on a post where it's just him outrunning William Jackson and a perfectly thrown ball from Andy Dalton. And it was just William Jackson. There's no safety back there. So it was single high, and I'm sure whatever the route combination was, because I haven't seen this, uh, I only saw it from the field, and right. I'm watching Josh Malone the whole time because Josh Malone's close to us. He's he's on the sideline that we're on running this deep post, and as soon as I see Andy Dalton step up, I'm watching, and I'm saying, oh, yeah, Josh Malone is behind is behind William Jackson there, and if that throws on t- – and it was. It was a good throw. But the safety Sounds like wasn't the anywhere 65... close. Yeah, the 65-yarder from, what, five, six days ago? Remember we broke that down, breaking down a Bengals play. Uh, one camp clip we had where Josh Malone on a post just outrunning William Jackson where the safety's jumping down on Tyler Boyd over the middle. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's what it was. I, I haven't gone and looked. I, I know that I'm sure there's a video of it out there. I haven't even well, looked They weren't it. supposed to record, right? Media is not allowed to record during 11 on 11. So when we when we said, can we come back to practice? Can we come back down to the field? She said, yeah, you can, but I didn't know if you'd want to because you can't record. But the fans still mm. can. Sure. But it is actually a pretty big point of strategic uh, advantage or competitive advantage or whatever that the Bengals are focused on. And Zach Taylor himself is thinking about is they don't know. Seattle doesn't know exactly what we're going to do. If we can keep any of this stuff from getting out, that would be... And that's why media isn't supposed to record. Sure. But you would think of, it, it, it's kind of tough to go against two past division rivals to start the season, right? Uh, Seattle and San Fran to start the season. That's how it goes. And so for Zach Taylor, if he's going to run a Ram-style offense, you would think those would be the teams that are prepared for it. I mean, I'm assuming they would just prepare for the Rams offense, right? With, right. with slightly that's, different players. Right, because how would you do that? That's, that's what you should have asked. Right. Is because um, he says he doesn't want to show everything or he's going to show everything. Right. I, maybe a follow up to that would have been, uh, well, in, in your shoes, what would you do then? If, if it's a completely new scheme, what do you do? Do you just look at preseason or do you say, well, he's coming from this team or this coaching tree? It's got to be something similar. We, we didn't really have a chance for follow ups at that point. Right. Emily asked us after that question if we were good and uh, none of us were going to say we weren't good. So of course, right? Uh, you guys are yeah. following along. I, I'm not being critical of you guys. I'm just thinking out loud of what yeah. I would have. Uh, oh yeah, I would have. I would have done a lot of things differently if if I were to do it again. You know, you definitely have the butterflies when you're doing it for the first time. Sure. And uh, I remember. You know, your your brain isn't working quite as well as it does when it's just you talking to Joe Goodberry on the internet. Thanks a lot. But do you think she's gonna? Uh, that's gonna open up the door. How'd the relationship end? It was good. It was good. Uh, I talked to Emily about, you know, what I see here in Seattle and I kind of broached a question of credentialing and it sounds like they're not there yet. 
So we're not going to okay. get credentials for for really anything. But uh, she did say keep in touch. She did say that they would like to cooperate, you know, with player interview stuff. I think that it went really well. I think that there's a lot of possibility for cooperation between the Bengals and people like us, the non-traditional media in the future. And a big part of that is just putting putting faces to names and seeing us in action, seeing the kind of preparation that we do, um, getting familiar with the kind of people we are, because they do see those beat writers every day and they know exactly who, exactly what they're getting with those people. They weren't sure if you're going to come in and try to ask gotcha questions or, you know, run out onto the field in the middle of a play or anything. I don't know. Right. They, yeah. think if when you're coming from the credentialed media, you're already being vetted and interviewed by that relationship you have with the Cincinnati Inquirer. But if it's you're writing for Cincy Jungle or Locked On Podcast or whatever the case may be, where, what's the vetting process? You know, so they can't. This is their first step to meeting and putting a name to a face and making sure you're not some nut job. Exactly, and that's something that I look forward to. You know, we'll we'll get emails out. You know, after this game, we'll say, hey, let's see if we can get Rennell Wren or or whoever. Right? Like, it's not going to be Andy Dalton. It probably won't be right. Ryan Finley. But you know, yep. if it's if it's Damian Willis, maybe we get Damian Willis kind of thing, right? That would be awesome. I would love it. Right. That would be great. I mean, I Did you get say, to see, but now that makes me think, did you notice Damian Willis or Stanley Willis or Stanley Morgan? Yeah, both of them stood out. Both of them really? made catches, got open. The they passing offense. So they don't look out of place at all. No, they're, they're getting open against the first teamers. Yeah. And, and in Stanley Morgan's case, I think that was that was either second or third team. I think his was with third team, yeah, because it was Ryan Finley to – no, I can't remember now. Cause, no cause... one described his long touchdown. Did you see it? Stanley Morgan's? Yeah. It was on the far I... side of the field. I know it, was, it looked like it might have been a go. It was kind of gotcha. caught near the pylon. Mm-hmm. It might have been a 50-50 ball. I don't really recall it. Seathan Carter was, uh, was an out-and-up. He was manned up against Jordan Evans, and there was no help. Again, no help over the top. Are we going to see that? Well, we're going to see some cover zero this year, huh? It Well, it might be that the help over the top was just elsewhere, and I couldn't really see it from where I was standing, or, or I didn't notice it. They put that free safety in conflict, man. When I watch this Rams offense in depth, they are yeah. constantly, that middle linebacker and that free safety, you choose, and we're going to attack you the, the way you choose, the opposite. You know, you, you want to crash down, we'll go over the top. You want to stay over the top, we'll throw it underneath. Exactly. I think there's going to be a lot of that. But the deep ball was on point, which is nice to see. Actually, I'd say the passing offense generally was very, very good, uh, excluding the offensive line. There are a lot of plays we're watching where it's still a problem, where in a regular season game or a preseason game, that's a sack. I said that's a sack mm-hmm. probably four times watching 11-on-11s. And they don't call them in practice. They don't blow it dead or anything. They they just The pass rushers run by and and Sure, because you don't want to kill a whole play. You still want to get your practice in. Well, but they, they kill a play if it's a running play. As soon as there's contact, they, they, it's kind of like two-hand touch. Of the play. I would say it's yeah. pretty similar for some of these some of these free shots that would have been happening on the QBs. But we'll have to Point see how that – I think it's completely different. What do you mean? If I'm the receiver, think of you're running the receiver. You're running your route. Boom, you win. I You know, you hit him on the – you jab that foot. You, you break on your cut. You got separation. Oh, and they blew it dead because of the sack. No, throw the ball. I still want to finish the play here. Oh, sure. Finish the play, but then they spot it wherever the receiver was. And sometimes Ah, that's like a full second and a half after the sack would have happened. Like there are plays where it's like two, you know, there could have been two sacks on one play. 
And, right. and you know, the, the quarterback knows that they're not going to hit him, so they're just staying in the pocket. Although there was one play uh, when the first team got into the red zone where Andy Dalton was flushed out of the pocket and he tried to find – I didn't see who it was – tried to find somebody on the run in the back of the end zone and, and couldn't quite complete it. But on that first 11-on-11 drive, the Bengals got all the way down to the one-yard line. And then Preston Williams started yapping. He was barking at somebody, and it took me a little bit of time to figure out who it was, and it was Travion Williams. Preston, Willi- mm. Preston, Preston, Preston Brown Preston Brown, and Travion Williams were getting into it, like, hard for three plays in a row. Well, you got to think those guys meet each other face-to-face how many times in a practice. You know, Travion Williams catching the ball oh, yeah. or pass protection, and you're going to fight. For sure. They, they haven't fought. And, and it sounds like with, with Burfecht out of there, with Alex Redman not practicing, specifically those two were the guys last year, according to Paul Daner anyway, and I think you wrote this on The Athletic that that would start a lot of the in-team fighting kind of stuff. Ben yep. Baby said, you guys ready to see the first fight at training camp? Because I guess it was the first time. That it was, was pretty amazing. It was the maddest Ben Baby said he'd, he'd seen Travion Williams since he'd been there. Because Travion Williams, like, we talked to him earlier. He was a really charismatic, you know, fun guy, fun kind of guy. I didn't think that he would be the kind of guy that would be quick to anger. Preston Brown got under his skin. And part of that is, you know, you're a rookie. This is what the NFL is going to be like. People are going to be talking at you. Oh, sure. You ever been a rookie at a job that's uh, competitive or, you know, with a little bit of shit talking? Yeah. I can see it. Yeah, totally. Offensive line, all giants. The the other guy, you know, people say NFL players are real big. And, uh, you know, we talked to Josh Malone, who's a tall guy. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was tall. Talked to Andy Dalton, who, he, you know, NFL quarterback. Again, he's taller than all of us were, but... I didn't really get the feeling that like this is a giant human being until I saw the offensive lineman. Those guys are massive. So you, so Billy Price walks up to you and you're like, Jesus, look at those calves. Oh man, his his yeah, one of his legs weighs as much as my entire body. <laughs> yeah, we I remember we talked about that when he was on the stationary bike on the first couple of days of camp, and we we're just like, look how big he looks on the pictures, and then you get to see him in person, and he looks exactly as big. I mean, right. not, he doesn't look unhealthy. Don't get me wrong. Like, he looks good. He he just, he's big. He's a big guy. Need to be. Need to be. You're wrestling 300 and something pounders constantly. You know, I asked, the, the funniest quote we got, I didn't record because Billy Price said it as he was on his way out. Because I thought I had read something about, we talked about this too, about them trying to get Carl Lawson inside in the nickel yeah. one-on-one against the guard. I asked him if he had blocked Carl Lawson yet on any of those. And he said he said he hadn't. And as he's walking away, he said it was Sam Hubbard, and Sam's and Sam's Sam weighs two sixty. <laughs> Is that what he said? That's yeah. what he said. <laughs> like it was no problem, huh? Yeah. So that was funny. But at the same time, Zach Taylor said Sam Hubbard is one of the players that's impressed him the most. And this is the last audio clip I'll play from that interview today. He, I asked him who he's been the most impressed with, who surprised him the most from his film review to actually getting them on the field. Well, I think, you know, Sam Hubbard is, is so consistent with his approach day to day. He's, he's one of the hardest workers on the team. He's a great character kid. Um, but he's also really talented. And he gets the most out of his talent. And he's a guy that's really, really impressed me as I've been around him. Uh, happy to see Carl Lawson rebound off an ACL that quick. You know, really, I could talk about the whole defensive line. I think I've been really impressed with our defensive line and, and uh, the work that, that they put in. And I talk about Nick Eason and Joel Chapman a lot. They do, they do an outstanding job of staying on those guys. And, the most out of them so it's been a really solid group so far that I'm impressed so we will have more from the Zach Taylor interview because we didn't get to put all the quotes in here 
just a couple others that we didn't talk about. He talked a little bit about his preparation for calling plays for the first time and what he's done to get ready for that for the first time in a while, I should say. And we talked a little bit about the undrafted free agent wide receivers as well. You know, I just want to touch again. You mentioned Sam Hubbard. Uh, Paul Denner at The Athletic had a piece previewing tomorrow's game, Saturday's game. And it was basically quotes from a lot of different coaches and players and personnel people saying who they were most excited to see. And I want to say it was Paul Brown Jr. I could be wrong now that I'm thinking about it. But I believe he said that he's excited to see Sam Hubbard and they think Sam Hubbard's in line for a big year. But it makes me want to double check and make sure that's who it was. While you double check, I'll tell the people that I heard Paul Danner talking about that story that he was working on. He said, there's one question I want to ask a bunch of people. I want to ask as many people this question as I can. And then that piece came out today and I realized what the question was and what he was talking talking about. Okay, so this is the pro scouting director, Stephen Radicevic. I believe his name is. It was not uh, Paul Brown Jr., I'm sorry. But he, I'll read the quote real quick. He says, I want to see Hubbard play against different competition. I think he's going to have a big year and have and should have a big jump in production. He's been killing it in camp, and it look he looks a lot more confident than last year. Yeah, that's a pretty common theme we've heard. Defensive line, Sam Hubbard, Carl Lawson, all looking really good. Most interesting one for me, there's two actually. Drew Sample said he's excited to see Travion Williams in Saturday's game, and Dre Kirkpatrick is excited to see Andrew Brown. Trey's going to get a lot of run. Travion Williams yeah. is going to get a lot of run uh, uh, I mean, tomorrow. I'm excited Rodney, to see that. Rodney Anderson obviously isn't playing yet. Let's let's just cut off here probably because yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to do a game preview tomorrow morning. We'll get that out to you guys as soon as we can. We wanted to get something to you because we know you've been waiting. Uh, we appreciate all of your excitement for our experience and our invitation into a little bit of the Bengals world. It was a lot of fun. I really wish, you know, we were local sometimes and could do this more often, but we've got the connection now. We're really looking forward to the future partnership with the Bengals. And again, Emily, if you're out there listening, we are very grateful for the invitation. So that'll do it for today's episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow morning with a preview of the Chiefs game. We're going to try to get a feel for what the Chiefs are going to do, who they're going to play, if anyone. The Bengals starters are going to be out there for about a drive. And we'll get into that tomorrow. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.